0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to the show. That's all about what's working, what's not in stock markets. And today we have actually a very special guest, uh, Noor Hisham Hussein, who's the head of Economics and Capital Markets Department of the EPF, is joining us today. And the topic is, what happens to markets? As populations age, so um, I think one thing is for sure that uh, the global demographics, especially from the more advanced economies, are pointing to that that the world is getting older and older
1: uh, th- uh, thanks julian um, actually if you it 's not just the developed economies um, if you look at population projections, i think the u n has them going out to, to two thousand one hundred. Uh, Population growth is dropping across the board. And it's not just the developed economies. It's also the developing economies. It's also the least developed economies. You're talking about sub-Saharan Africa. You're talking about Central Asia. Uh, birth rates are
0: dropping across the board. So uh, if, we, if we bring this back to um, the kind of impacts that this would have on mm-hmm. financial markets... Uh, what does this mean uh, for global markets? Uh, I, I know politically there are a lot of implications, yeah. but economically and financially, what, do, what does this uh, phenomenon result in?
1: Well, the basic uh, framework which economists use uh, for looking at growth, I mean, there's a lot of variations of it, but essentially what we look at is uh, the inputs to growth will be labor, it will be capital, and it will be technological progress. Now, if you have slowing population growth, that implies that the working force will also – the growth in the workforce will also decline. And obviously, that's going to be a a reduction in the input to growth. So bottom line is that you're going to see slower growth globally going forward. I mean, uh, you know, the reasons for population uh, growth decline are are fairly complex, but um, it basically comes down to uh, improving healthcare. Um, I think uh, education for women uh, I think the expense of bringing up children so people are making the choice of having less children and having them later and this is leading to the population decline and um, this is actually affecting all countries not just you know the most developed ones Chuan,
0: you are a young man
2: you want to chime yeah, with I'm any thoughts so I'm so young I'm not no, I, I want to point out the Bureau of Statistics in Malaysia <laughs> um, Hisham, this is interesting because 0 to 14 years yeah. old, the, the percentage of actually the Malaysians have dropped to 24.5% from 25 Correct. and a bit percent yeah. uh, three years ago. Yeah. The 15 to 64 category, 69.4, higher than the 69.2 and 69 three years ago, mm-hmm. and the age at 65 plus years and above, right. now 6% of the population from 5.6 three years ago. Yeah. So Malaysia, contrary to what people think because we've got so many young people, yeah. we are also aging as well. Yeah, and, and
1: quite rapidly. I mean, if you look at the, the way populations have aged uh, over the past century, we are roughly aging at a rate that's a three to four times faster than developed economies are, and that's across. I, I, and this is being replicated across the whole of East Asia, uh, Vietnam, uh, Thailand is already an aged nation, despite the fact that there's still a lower middle income country. Um, And if you look at the shape of the population tree, which is basically, you know, you divide it up by age cohorts, uh, the biggest bulk is in the 20 to 24 range. Okay. Um, And they're going to hit the workforce in the next five years.
2: Okay, I just want to reference your earlier remark, because you said there's three primary drivers of growth, Mm labour, capital, and technology, right? So the thing is, now, with with labour thinning or or the labour force thinning, um, you know, obviously growth will be impacted, and we've seen growth, you know, slowing to the end of the year as well. But and I noticed with this discussion, which isn't really the examiner, but is, is 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 our focus on growth all that should 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 we be re-examining our, our emphasis and, and focus on growth? Is is growth all that important?
0: Yeah, and I also want to add uh, because I want to add to that because I read your article in the Star uh, yeah. about global growth, which was very interesting, and you you gave a history of how in the past global growth was extremely low, yeah. and in fact now we are kind of in an aberrant period where, mm. uh, you know, growth yep. is a few percentage but points is, higher. But, but is it all that bad? Is it? Exactly. Uh, and, and what does it lead to from uh, the viewpoint of economic policy? Yeah. Does this mean that governments would have to spend more, let's say, on fiscal policy? And what does it do to interest rates and so on? We could do another show on that. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> uh, okay, w- one thing is that um, I think that there should be a Bigger focus on GDP per capita rather than GDP growth itself, yeah. um, because you strip away the impact of population growth on um, uh, on policies.
2: Productivity, as, uh, yeah, pro- productivity. Basically, gains. productivity. Yeah, but are um, we seeing the same kind of attention given to the education sector? Because it might be the biggest component of the national yeah. budget, but are we churning out quality people? Okay, that's that's a fairly complex that's question. Another yeah, uh,
1: yeah, exactly. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> okay, putting it from uh, um economist's perspective, the the issue that we have with productivity is, one, there's lots of standards of productivity. There's many, many ways to measure it. Uh, second issue is that we don't actually know what makes productivity grow. Uh, in most models, technology actually comes in from the outside. We don't actually model it because we don't, you know, by definition, innovation cannot be predicted. Right, um, but having said that I think as far as uh, productivity is concerned uh, one of the interesting things that's been going on and maybe we can touch on, on the capital side as well afterwards uh, is that productivity growth itself is slowing down as well mm. um, and there's some interesting theories about why that happens Are you talking
2: a global basis or an Asia basis?
1: Um, everywhere I would so think everywhere. it's everywhere yeah. Yeah. I think it's everywhere Essentially as the population age um, as workers get older um, and as they retire and you get new younger workers coming in, the difference in
0: experience uh, actually causes yeah. workforce productivity to drop. We're speaking to the economist of the EPF, Norhisham Sham Hussein, on uh, this morning's version of the SNM show. Um, Hussein, just uh, to return back to our topic, right, what, the, what does an aging population globally mean for markets? Well, if you take the
1: uh, uh, data for interest rates and you go back maybe two three hundred years, and, w- and we have that uh, for some of the developed, Chuan, you think I'm long <laughs> <laughs> term? Here is old-term. a man <laughs> going
0: two three hundred years back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and you know because we're we're actually looking at projecting growth over the next uh, thirty to forty years, and because as EPF we uh, we handle pensions and we have to take a long term view. But essentially, what happened, okay, going back to interest rates, um, if you look at the graph of interest rates, it's very clear that the period from the 1950s to the 2000s was an aberration. The fact that we had those very high interest rates over the last 30 or 40 years uh, is actually um, very, very unusual. So even though we look at Uh, interest rates now is being very low. Historically, uh, short-term rates have never been lower. Then the long-term rates aren't actually far off the historical average. So, you know, in essence, you know, we're not very far off from uh, where interest rates are supposed to be. Having said that, um, what's happening now is that uh, because the global population is aging, um, there's going to be an increase in savings. I think the median age for the global population is around 33 that means, as a, in aggregate, we are still in the phase of increasing savings for retirement, and, and, you know, looking at the global population. So there's going to be more and more savings coming into the
0: market uh, so over the next 40, 50 years. What you're suggesting to me sounds quite problematic, because yes. you're uh, effectively saying that uh, we're going to see sustained low interest rates in Correct. the world. But at the same time, yep. uh, the rise in savings requires some kind of good returns for the savers, yep. which is uh, conflicting. Yep.
1: So it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And, and you know, um, so, I, I so think a is lot of pensioners... Where, where does the yep.
2: yield seeker go, right?
1: <laughs> well, I think the impor- most important thing is you focus on the real return rather than the nominal return. Um, one of the other factors that we're seeing here is that uh, inflation has basically disappeared. We don't see that coming back anytime soon. So which um, means
0: that if even if you don't get any returns uh, yeah. because of the low interest rate environment yeah. the inflation are not, uh, is not growing so yeah. that you can still spend the same amounts of yep. money um, you won't obviously, be able to buy that obviously check. a lot
1: of Malaysians <laughs> would, be,
0: would disagree <laughs> but um, yeah essentially we're not seeing very much inflation pressure um, and we're not likely to over an extended future you're listening to the SNM, SNM show, and today we have Noor Hisham Hussein who's the head of Economics and Capital Markets Department of the Employees Provident Fund. Uh, we will be back with more, especially of uh, the impact of companies uh, globally ha- holding too much cash, uh, and will, what kind of impacts will this give rise to? BFM 89.9. You're with uh, Julian Ng and Kusu Chuang on the SM show that show uh, that's all about what's working, what's not in stocks and markets. And today we have a special guest, No Hisham Hussein, Head of Economics and Capital Markets Department of the Employees Provident Fund. And we're talking about how the aging population will result in uh, low interest rates across the world. Um, and Hisham, I'm just wondering, uh, because this is an often used um, reasoning that mm. the older people are richer and therefore they can spend more. Yep. Couldn't they pick up the slack economically uh, and you know drive some growth around the world?
1: Yeah, it's the life cycle income hypothesis. Yeah. Um, the problem we have with that is that the global population as a whole isn't old enough yet. Uh, I think the median age of the global population is 30, just 33. Uh, Japan is only at 40. Japan is the most aged nation in the world. I mean, they have an inverted population tree, and their population is actually shrinking. Um, their median age is only 46 and a half.
0: Wow, that's that's like uh, younger than the average age in the studio. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, we're all yeah. on the <laughs> Uh Yeah. Uh, because if, if you look at uh, what we call the national transfer accounts, generally speaking, the peak in terms of income uh, happens between 40 to 50. And then you start consuming afterwards. Your income starts to drop off and you consume more as you, uh, you enter retirement. We're not there yet. Um, and so we're looking at maybe the next two generations or so, you know, globally speaking, where savings will continue to outrun consumption. Uh, so it's it's kind of going to be a, a situation where markets are going to be fairly
0: depressed, yeah. and the government is also trying to, I guess, drive a lot of investments. I yeah. mean, structurally, we're talking about a consumptive economy, but in order to do that, you need to invest yeah. as well. Yeah. What would happen to private investments? Well, one of the things we've seen, um, and this is not a new
1: phenomenon. I mean, developed economies obviously have been dealing with aging for, I think, the last two decades or so. And the baby boomers started actually retiring, uh, I think, about 10 years ago. Um, what we've seen is that um, the impact on companies is basically because the growth of their markets is actually shrinking. Um, they are accumulating profits. They're accumulating cash. Uh, they're not utilising it for investment because they don't need to. I mean, you, you don't need to inf- expand capacity if your well, market not growing. They're doing financial engineering. They're doing share yes, buybacks, Exactly, right? exactly. And dividends, um, dividend payments. Dividend
0: yeah. payouts, yeah. Exactly. So Which adds well, to the problem. I mean, after yeah. you get a dividends, where do you put the money?
1: Exactly. So you got excess savings again um, and that's had played a part in actually depressing So interest, what we're right?
0: seeing is this whole lower for longer
2: phenomenon, no longer yeah. confined to the international shores but they've arrived in Malaysia. They will, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. They will or they have already?
1: Um, we are obviously open economy we have an open yep. financial system so in that sense we are very much uh, affected by what's going on internationally but internally as well this is going to be something that's going to hit us I think within about twenty forty twenty fifty 2050
2: time frame so this this exacerbates the whole retirement issue because yes, o- already we don't have enough retirement savings correct. from a growth perspective yeah. that's going to decline proportionally right. so exactly so, so, <laughs> so sorry it's, I, it's kind I, of a depressing situation hate to put you on the spot because but, yeah. you are know, one of the head honchos at you know, the biggest pension fund in the country yeah. nearly 700 If not the billion, world not the, <laughs> well yeah. we're, we're 14th, number 14 yeah.
0: biggest I'll in get, the world get, yeah and um,
1: so i think from an individual's perspective it's not so bad i mean headline growth dropping off is, doesn't matter so much uh, as i said we should focus on gdp per capita and in that sense you know, i think we're going to continue to see increases in the standard of living um, but for investment managers like uh, EPF and, and uh, other pension funds and insurance funds, uh, we have a problem. Um, but I, I think as long as we can keep returns above the
0: rate of inflation, um, I, th- I think that should you know, really fulfill the requirements. You know, from, um, from, from a policy viewpoint, right, right. and uh, looking at it from the lenses of uh, policymakers, mm-hmm. should governments give away money? Like helicopter, not not quite helicopter money, but really put money into the pockets of people. Uh, currently, we have a very mild version of that in the form of yep. brim, yep. Uh, but why not more? Right, I want I want like five thousand or ten thousand ringgit in my pocket. I, this is a thought experiment. Well, I think, I think how <laughs> how bad a, a policy is well,
2: that? Well, well, I think w- Australia does that now, right? They give you quite a big lump sum. Yes, they do. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure.
1: I, I don't know the specifics of the Australian system, but um, certainly. Basic income initiatives are being experimented with worldwide. Um, cash transfers have been very effective in terms of uh, alleviating poverty and um, alleviating problems with social mobility. Um, it's something that we should be thinking about, and I, I really hope that we have a public conversation about this uh, because it really requires um, a consensus. Right? Um, you can't you know, impose something like that from the top. Um, I think there can be, um, and it, it can be in a very effective way of, um, uh, you know, um, helping Just out, jump-starting you know, yeah. the economy. Yeah, but uh, th- 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 you know, you look at the spectrum of social protection in Malaysia. The one thing that's missing is a national pension. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, the EPF covers roughly about fourteen million members, but only seven million of them are actually active. Uh, KWAP Co-op actually covers around 1.6 million plus I think around 600, 700,000 pensioners so we have the, uh, a big portion of the working population
0: that has no pension coverage at all. And we really have to figure out a way to cover that gap. Mm. And talking about social impact, I guess, um, this also gives rise to increasing powers of the monopolies, uh, yeah. not only uh, globally, yeah. but also in Malaysia, right? You yeah. see companies getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And these are corporations that are not elected, of course. Yeah. Uh, and they might not do things that uh, policy wants.
1: Yeah, um, in fact, just the opposite. A lot of them, um, okay, I, I don't want to indict everybody, but, you know, the Apple case that we had recently yeah. was a very good example where um, they got uh, uh, fined by the European Union for, not, not so much tax evasion, but basically… Uh, fudging uh, ex- the books. Uh, well, really fudging of, the books. Uh, advanced tax planning, we'll call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but it is something that we we've been seeing. I mean, the narrative is that millennials are entrepreneurial; that they, they, they like to work on their uh, you know open startups. But if you look at the statistics, the the rate of startups has actually dropped over the past decade, um, and we're seeing greater and greater market concentration uh, in a lot of areas. Um, part of it is globalization, of course. Once you reach the scale, once you have a global market, you have the ability. You have a lot more market power. You have a lot more pricing power. And the ability to basically kick all your competitors out of the way. Uber is a great example. They've been basically mm-hmm. killing their competition by basically undercutting prices, um, there which was is not a bad thing for us. Well, no, so, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you pointed out to me the other day about um, Uber's consumer supply, the, the demand curve. That's right. Uh, um, the free economics guy exploring yeah. the demand curve. Yeah. And w- the the study found that for every dollar that the consumer spent. of consumer surplus was generated. In other words, consumers were actually willing to pay $2.60 for uh, a service that they only paid $1 for. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the other aspect of growth. And and I forgot to mention this to you, is that um, it's increasingly hard for companies um, to monetize their services, to monetize their goods. In other words... Um, even though we have a, a fairly, I mean, innovation has been going at a great pace over the past decade, two decades, three decades. But it's harder and harder for companies to actually generate revenue out of that. And when you, you can't do that, then GDP growth itself drops off. And that's, again, it feeds into this whole
0: um, scenario of lower yields lower market returns Mm. and from an investment perspective i guess we can focus on things that uh, only the old people buy uh, a technology uh well yeah which which is really exploiting that uh, migration uh, to digitalization correct so there's going to be
1: some uh, generational issues Um, we have to think about priorities in terms of which segment of the population that we should actually uh, cater for in malaysia Our median age is only about 30. Uh, As I said, the biggest bulk of the population is actually between the ages of 20 and 24. So we're still very much a young nation, but we are aging very rapidly. And so in this next 20 or 30 years, all of these issues will come
0: to a head. And we have to be very mindful of when that happens. I think we have uh, time for one question from uh, somebody who tweeted in, uh, Clarence Chan. Uh, When you mention uh, no inflation, do you mean Malaysia or global uh, because the ringgit is uh, has done poorly against the u s dollar I guess that's that implies some degree of imported inflation
1: um, I was referring to the global scenario, but even within the international context, I, I think it 's fair to say that it 's not the ringgit doing more poorly it 's the u s dollar that has zoomed ahead so if you look at the uh, cross, currency, uh, cross rates against uh, uh, other countries, especially within the region, we've not done that badly. Uh, we have not seen much in terms of imported inflation coming out. Um, having said that, I do see uh, inflation. It's going to be very different. Um, there's basically two sources of inflation that, that Malaysians have to worry about. One is food. Food is a global issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have... uh, And
0: most of it is imported too, right? Yeah.
1: Um, the, The key thing is, you know, dietary changes in India and China where a lot of people came out of poverty and changed their diets. The second issue is in terms of services. And we're going to see higher services inflation. But... Traded goods, I mean, in terms of the stuff that you actually buy, durable goods and stuff like that, I don't think we're going to see much inflation at all. It's actually going to see deflation.
0: Okay, interesting. I guess uh, topics for the future. We yep. hope to have you back sure. again. And uh, that concludes our episode today f- uh, for the s and show where we had uh, our guest, Nurhisham Hussein, Head of Economics and Capital Markets Department of the Employees Provident Fund, discussing what happens to markets when population age. BFM 89.9.